Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. You may have seen a recent article in InsideHigherEd.com that began, Wyoming Catholic College has a lot of unusual things about it, each enough to merit a story in itself. Wyoming Catholic is a conservative Catholic college that educates students in the great books and Catholic tradition. It also teaches horsemanship and bans cell phones on campus. I love that. And it turned down federal funding. President Glenn Arbery describes the mission this way. This college is engaged in deep ways with the agony of a culture that has lost its spiritual center. We're adventurous and poetic and deeply Catholic. He likes to cite Dostoevsky in Crime and Punishment. Low ceilings are bad for the soul. The ceilings rise at Wyoming Catholic, which is located in the foothills of the Wind River Mountains, the curriculum centers in the Western tradition. Its Catholic identity builds upon Thomas Aquinas and the magisterium of the Catholic Church and engaging with God in the wilderness. Find out more at wyomingcatholic.edu. We have with us today Nora Kenny. She is the press officer at the Manhattan Institute in New York City. She has a particular interest in Catholic schools, local and national. Welcome, Nora. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. All right. Well, first, it's, it's, uh, it's late July. What is going on in New York City relative to the schools, uh, public schools and private schools and Catholic schools? Well, that's a great question. Um, in the public sector, they're trying to figure out what to do. They're scrambling right now. Um, and in the private sector, people are just sad right now, I think. Um, people received a letter on July 9th from Cardinal Dolan explaining that 20 Catholic schools were going to be closed. Um, so that was a big deal for everyone. Um, it was a product of the COVID-19 pandemic. Families in New York who send their children to Catholic schools who are overwhelmingly working class were saying they can't pay their tuition. Um, so Cardinal Dolan let us know that he'll be closing 20 schools. Um, so people are upset about that and they're trying to figure out what to do. I do think there's light at the end of the tunnel, which we can get into today. Um, but that seems to be the situation right now. I think both in the public and the private sector, People are contending with fiscal losses, and they're trying to figure out how to get outfitted for the school year and what it's going to look like. Are they going to have the right technology to accommodate um, remote learning? Are they going to have um, sanitation? Um, and how, how many kids are going to be able to be in the building at a given time? So that's some of the questions they're looking at. That, that actually sounds like a drastic development. 20 schools closed permanently? Well, it is actually really dramatic. Um, the Cato Institute has been keeping a tracker of how many private and religious schools are going to be closing due to COVID. Of the 107 schools that are private or religious schools that have so far announced that they will, will close, 90 of them are Catholic. So that's really unfortunate for people who are passionate about Catholic schools, and a lot of people are. Um, and of those 90, 20 of them are from New York City. So that's a high percentage when you think about the rest of the country. So it's, it's a dramatic development for sure. Absolutely. And, and the problem, the immediate problem is that many of the people attending these public school, uh, these Catholic schools come from working class families. And because of layoffs or even people being fired, 
that they simply don't have the money to pay for the schools. This is the main pre the main reason. Yeah, absolutely. So people tend to think that Catholic school families are all wealthy, and I think in some pockets that that's the case. But in New York City, most families at Catholic schools are making under a bracket of $100,000 to $125,000 a year. So it's not wealthy families, and they usually have three or four kids. So they are really struggling. They're losing, they're losing their jobs, um, and they're wondering to themselves, if my kids are going to be learning online, they might as well learn online from the public school at this point. So I do think if Catholic schools decide to go back to school, if they make a big effort for that, and I think that's what they're trying to do, I think they'll be able to pick up some of those numbers that they've lost. Um, and that's kind of what I'm seeing around the country right now. Well, I, it surprises me that so many schools have closed, the, the, those 20 schools, and that the Catholic Church didn't they, – didn't they have a plan? Did they not expect you know, two or three months ago – they didn't expect this to to come along? Yeah, Cardinal Dolan sent out another letter yesterday, a really earnest letter, and he's imploring people in his diocese to call Chuck Schumer um, and to ask that when the next round of CARES funding comes out, that some of the money going to K-12 education will reach private and religious schools. Um, but I think, I think that initiative, I think Cardinal Dolan is doing the best he could. I think that initiative possibly could have started a little bit earlier. I know at the Manhattan Institute, our director for education policy, who's a lifelong Catholic school advocate who sent his children to Catholic school, he has been beating the drum about the need to make sure that CARES funding reaches private and religious schools for months now. We've been putting out articles. We've been speaking to whoever will listen to us. So it's um, we're trying to make traction, and we're seeing – we're seeing in Congress that there's some hope, and we're seeing in the Senate. Um, I know that Tim Scott and Alexander Lamar of, or Lamar Alexander of uh, South Carolina and Tennessee have the School Choice Now Act, which would redirect some of the coronavirus relief funding um, in the next CARES Act to school choice programs. So that would be really helpful, but we're just not sure that it will actually get picked up. So. We're, we're waiting to see what would happen, but I think, yeah, I think you're right to say people could have been thinking about this earlier, but at the same time, people, people have been so caught off guard by what happened with schools closing in, like, March and April that they just haven't had time to think about what's the next step. I, I've got an idea, Nora. Here's my plan. The, the Catholic Church is going to organize uh, an activist program. They're going to highlight the fact that they serve so many working class, low income, disadvantaged kids and families, and they're going to march on the boardrooms of corporate America, and they're going to say, you've just given a half a billion dollars to Black Lives Matter, uh, and, and, uh, you know, an organization that actually doesn't really care about preserving a lot of the nucle nuclear families. So how about giving $100 million to us, in in you know, since since you're so you're you're so loose with your money, what what do you think? Well, let me know when that march is happening. I will be there with you. But I think, unfortunately, what I think they want what's easy for them to just slap the Black Lives Matter hashtag onto any other social media content is so easy to get them to slap. Hey, support Catholic schools because they're actually working class and diverse is a little bit 
harder. So if we can find a way to do that, I'm all about that because you're absolutely right. Catholic schools 100% serve immigrants. They have always served immigrants. They serve large families. They serve working class families. They serve really diverse families. So if we can find a way to insert that message into our crazy landscape right now, then I'm with you. But I'm not sure how we're going to do it. It would mean starting to use some hardball tactics of pressure and even blackmail on, on corporate America that actually runs against Catholic teaching. I, I think that, that, that may be part of the problem. But one of the things you mentioned in something you wrote was that the enrollment drop in New York City is stunning in Catholic schools. Since the year 2000, you say, Catholic school enrollment has dropped 49%. Why has this happened? Well, so the 49% drop is in the state of New York, and New York has actually seen a steeper decline from the rest of the country. Um, so I can, I'll read to you some of the numbers from the rest of the country. Over the past decade, more than 1,200 Catholic elementary and secondary schools, most of those in urban areas, have closed. Enrollment in Catholic schools has declined by more than 400,000 students, or 18.4% in the last 10 years nationally. Again, New York's number is 50% in the last 20 years, so they're looking at a much um, starker decline. And then from the peak of 5.2 million students in Catholic schools in the early 1960s, um, we're down to 1.2 million today. So it's really, really dropped. I think a big reason for that, and people have tried to speculate what's going on here, a big reason is just that faith in the Catholic Church has dropped since the 1960s. Um, another reason is because vocations have dropped alongside that drop in faith. So Catholic schools used to be able to leverage the manpower, I guess the woman power of the nuns and the priests who were um, these mainstays in the Catholic schools and who were known for being really rigorous, really sharp, and providing really excellent top-notch educations. Talk to your grandparents and they'll have stories about it. So the drop in vocations has really hurt Catholic school numbers, I think. Now, we've got this woke revolution going on right now. I think the word revolution is the correct one. Uh, one some people call it the great awakening as, a, as really a religious uh, awakening taking place. Is the woke revolution making inroads into Catholic schools? I think there's two things that can be at play here. I think, I think that the woke revolution can be um, sort of a revolution for Catholic schools in the positive sense of the term, in that parents who are fleeing the woke curricula in the public schools are thinking to themselves, you know, maybe the Catholic schools will be immune from this. Maybe if we send our children to Catholic schools, they won't have to be indoctrinated by some of this stuff. So I think the woke curricula in the public schools can help Catholic schools in that way. I also think, though, that people have to be really vigilant. I think there's some Catholic schools that succumb to this. Uh, some Catholic schools, including the one my son is entering next year, they, they've started a diversity council where they're going to address issues of systemic racism in American society or talk, talk about it. And I think they're even, they're even hiring, you know, consultants. How, how's that for spending uh, uh, Catholic funds? <laughs> well, that, yeah, they're, they're off to a bad start with that, I think. 
have you have you heard of these kinds of things going on with even curricular changes within Catholic schools, such as you know the 1619 project, curricular changes that talk more about issues of racism and politics? Is this is this hitting some Catholic schools? Absolutely. So I definitely hear about that happening more in public schools um, and charter schools, so traditional district schools and charter schools, um, and we can talk about what that's looking like. So it's definitely systemic in those schools. Um, Catholic schools, I do. I think it can go 50-50 or really probably more like 80-20. I think 80% of the Catholic schools are going to avoid this type of thing. And I think 20% of them are going to succumb to it, and those are the schools that are going to make the headlines. So, for example, I know that um, – I don't know much about this, but um, I know that in the Catholic schools in the Diocese of Chicago, um, the archbishop has mandated that they will learn about um, the death of George, George Floyd in the first semester, and they will learn about the factors surrounding that death. Um, and I'm just not convinced that – they have enough information to teach about the factors surrounding that death. I'm not convinced that any of us have enough information to be able to say what attribute, like what contributed to that death. Um, so I was nervous when I heard about that. I don't know what there's a. I'm sure there's a way that they could handle it in a really pastoral way. I'm not sure that they will. Um, so yes, I do think that. Even parents at Catholic schools have to be very vigilant because we will see this at some Catholic schools, absolutely. What would, what would a wise course of parents be who saw wokeness entering into their schools? What should they, what should they do? Should they try to organize? Should they, should they write letters? What, what, is, what is a practical piece of advice you would give? Because they don't want to pull their kids out of the school. Well, if it's if it's a Catholic parent who's already committed to paying tuition at a Catholic school, I would just vet the other Catholic schools in the area. You don't have to stay at the one that you're at. Administrations can be very different. I would look into the Chesterton schools. They're teaching um, they're teaching a great books classical curricula. If you have a, um, a Chesterton school in your area, I would get into one of those schools immediately. If you're in the public sector, I would consider switching to to the private sector, vet the private schools in your area. I know um, in South Bend, Indiana, there's a school, uh, a Trinity school, and that's a network. They're in other cities. They're not Catholic. I believe they are committed to classical education and Christian values. Um, So they do have, they're ecumenical in that way. Um, And I think that's something that parents should consider. If it's a Christian school that's committed to a classical education, I think that often affords a degree of immunology towards um, towards the woke curricula. So I would look into those. In terms of the writing letters, I just don't know how much traction that will actually carry, given that a lot of these people seem to have like a mob mentality. I just I don't know how much they're actually listening. They have the power of the teachers' unions behind them. Um, so at this point, I do think. A lot of parents have to vote with their dollar and go to a private school, consider homeschooling, um, or just be really as vigilant as possible and talk to their kids about what they're learning in public school. All right, so with the pandemic right now, uh, it's going to vary. Conditions are different in different places around the country. But what is the best way 
for Catholic schools right now to respond to the pandemic this fall? That's a great question. I think I think return to normalcy as quickly as possible. Um, I spoke with the principal of my Catholic grade school in Central Ohio, and she said that the other that the public schools here are um, they are doing students go to school two days a week. Well, that's not going to work for parents where both parents are working. They need someone to watch their kids during the day. They need an environment where they know that their kids are safe and they're learning. So Catholic schools have a real opportunity. That was one of the big points in my um, my article in National Review. Catholic schools have a big opportunity to pick up those numbers from parents who are desperate to find an opportunity for um, for their children to be in a classroom full time. So the very best thing that Catholic schools could do right now is start looking very quickly into how you can abide by social distancing, sanitation requirements, and then open your school five days a week and start talking to parents and like get your numbers to where they need to be and recover some of those losses that you might have endured from um, a, f- a few months ago when parents started realizing that they were losing their paychecks. So it's a big opportunity to pick up numbers, I think. And, and I, I would add to the message that Catholic schools could send out the perils of distance learning for kids. Oh, absolutely. And I know you've uh, we, written a lot about this. Well, I think we're going to, I've written this, we're going to see test scores going down next year simply because the, uh, the distance learning for most kids is not as effective as in-person learning. Running everything through a screen is not as effective as reading print books and writing on paper with pencil. And so the Catholic schools, I think, could say, we want your kids in here for your kids learning because it's not, it's gonna slow down if they stay at home. I mean, parents don't have the vigilance to keep the kids focused on, on, on task. And they've got that computer screen open that can do so many other things besides learning. They can make contact with friends and playing video games and all the other things that the tools do, which Silicon Valley spent millions and millions of dollars on research, uh, trying to find ways to turn our children into screen addicts. They very much wanted to do this. And they've succeeded quite well. Catholic schools could say, your kids at home are not going to be learning as well. We want them here. We're going to protect them. We're going to keep them safe. But we want them here for their own learning benefits. And your kids next year are going to look stronger at the next level when they take their SAT tests and ACT and all, all, all when, when they demonstrate their academic achievement, your kids are going to do better. I, I think this is one of those opportunities that you've pointed out. Mm-hmm. And you've pointed out in your research that even the tech giants in Silicon Valley, they protect their children from the stuff that they're imposing on everyone else's kids. So yes, absolutely. I think I think parents who want their children to be interacting and socializing with other students their own age and also benefiting from the tutelage of teachers who have been in education for decades, absolutely, Catholic schools need to be getting the message out that they are providing that service. And the reason that they are providing that service is because Catholic school teachers see teaching as a vocation that they've been called to by God. So they're not going to let 
They're not going to let political squabbles stop them from teaching in most cases. Um, they're not going to let demands that some of these teachers' unions are making stop them from teaching. Um, my colleague Ray Domenico wrote about the Marianists in Long Island, and they they take the cue from their founder, who found a way to teach the Catholic faith in the midst of the French Revolution. He could have had his head chopped off. So, I mean, that's not going to stop. That didn't stop him. And so Catholic school teachers aren't going to be stopped from teaching children by by the type of demands that's stopping teachers in the teachers' union right now. And I think that's a huge opportunity for Catholic schools to message themselves, market themselves, and reverse some of these losses that they've experienced. Um, and I think also, speaking to your point about technology, um, Kathleen Porter McGee wrote about ingredients of a successful Catholic school, and she wrote that these schools see your children as a child made in the image of God. I mean, that a, a child who is valued to that degree cannot just be pacified by sitting in front of an iPad all day. They need to be reading. They need to be interacting. So to the extent that Catholic schools can market that that's how they see children, um, that's a huge opportunity for them to pick up numbers, I think. Yeah. Uh, did Governor Newsom in California lay out a regulation that all schools must be closed in the fall, including Catholic schools? He did. It's tricky. I, I, my understanding is that there's some fine print that you can apply for your school, especially for younger schools, um, to be seen as essential. But it wasn't really in the headlines. It was kind of the fine print. Um, but as of now, he's trying to make the, um, the teachers' unions happy, so he's enacted a blanket ban on public and private schools, unfortunately. So to the extent that those Catholic schools can get really scrappy and apply for that exception, um, for now it looks like everyone's going to be virtual in California. Yeah, I'll just mention a, a former state legislator in the state of California once told me that the real kingmakers in, in California politics are the teachers' union heads. Uh, they walk around Sacramento as if, as if they are kings and queens and dukes and duchesses, and the politicians do what they say. They actually took down Governor Schwarzenegger several years ago uh, as, as one example. So, yeah, you, the, the, and, and especially with the Democrats having a supermajority now in the state legislature in California, the unions will, will call the shots. But, boy, it would be good to see the Catholic school leaders in California making some of the arguments that we've been talking about because, again, this could be the time to show. It'd be excellent to hear some of them stand up, and I have faith and hope that some of them will, but we just haven't seen much of it yet. Um, we, saw, we saw a lot of the statues in California attacked, um, and a lot of Catholics felt that the response from the bishops was a little bit milquetoast, so I'm just I'm not sure that the response regarding schools will be any stronger, um, but they have an opportunity to speak up against um, against a, a Goliath. And if I was in the clergy, I would I would look forward to the day that I get to be the David coming up against a Goliath. Um, I haven't seen that from the Catholic leadership there yet, but I'm waiting for that day to get here. Um, but it will be it'll be interesting for some of these um, Silicon Valley tech giants to experience what it's like trying to keep their kids on these screens that they normally keep their kids away from 
in the middle of the day while they're also trying to work their full-time job. So it should be, it should lead to some interesting enlightenment um, in California, I'm thinking. How does Mayor de Blasio in New York regard Catholic schools? Um, that's a great question. I, we haven't seen him comment on them too much frequently. I can, I can say how he feels about charter schools. Um, he's not, we see charter schools as an opportunity for students to make a choice for their children to attend a school that's an alternative to the failing public school. Um, and he's not been as nice to charter schools as you would expect from someone who claims to care so much about the needs and the rights of minorities in his city. So um, we haven't seen much on Catholic schools, and we've seen even worse on charter schools. But, um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, these days, do Catholic schools have very many politicians in local and state government who really back them up? I mean, I mean, or even Senator Schumer. Is Senator Schumer a big supporter of Catholic schools? Senator Schumer is not a big supporter of Catholic schools, and Nancy Pelosi really isn't either, even though she benefited from them. We would love to see Nancy Pelosi come out in the press and support the idea of private and religious schools receiving CARES funding. So far, we have not seen that. Um, so I think there are some, there are, it seems that it tends to be the legislators on the right who stand up for private schools, usually because they're standing up for school choice. Um, we haven't seen enough from Schumer or from Pelosi just yet. Generally speaking, we can say that Catholic schools are probably going to go full back to normal well before public schools. It looks that way. Yep, absolutely. Is, is this going to mean a big difference in Catholic school enrollment? I really think that it will. I think that Catholic schools had a dark night of the soul last month. I think last month they were coming to terms with the fact that they were dropping a lot of numbers. And then I think Catholic school leaders kind of had a reckoning with themselves and realized, you know what, public schools are not going back to school full time. They're just not because of the unions a lot of the time. This is our opportunity to reach those parents where both have a full-time job and communicate to them that we'll keep their children educated and safe. So I think that they experienced a lot of losses last week or last month, um, and I think they'll see those losses reverse themselves in many states um, this month and maybe even, maybe even be a net positive. That's what I'm hoping. But at the same time, though, Catholic schools are having to be careful, even if they have um, – enough numbers that would rectify the loss and then be even more than what they had before coronavirus. Um, they have to be careful because they're also subject to social distancing requirements. Um, so I spoke with the principal from my public school or from my Catholic school, from grade school, and she said, our phone is ringing off the hook. We have tons of people who want to get into the school, but we're trying to be selective about who to accept because we have, we are only allowed to have a certain number of kids in the building at any time. Even though we've leased extra trailers for learning, we're going to use spaces for learning that we've never used before. So they're getting creative and they're getting nimble, but they're still um, subject to those social distancing constraints. All right. Uh, Nora Kenny, thank you, for, thank you for filling us in. My pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. 
Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.